0: Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Frankel. I'm a facial plastic surgeon at the Lasky Clinic in Beverly Hills, where I've been in practice for 26 years. You are listening to Interview with a Surgeon with the Surgeon Agent.
1: On this episode of Interview with the Surgeon, we welcome Dr. Andrew Frankel, a world renowned facial plastic surgeon who has maintained a thriving boutique practice in Beverly Hills for over 25 years, working exclusively within the face and neck. As a specialist, Dr. Frankel is experienced and comfortable performing all types of facial surgeries and procedures to address his patients' needs. Dr. Frankel is a fellow of the American College of Surgeons and is an active member of the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery and the American Academy of Otolaryngology Head and Neck Surgery. Dr. Frankel has served as an assistant professor on the clinical faculty. At the University of California, Los Angeles, as well as the University of Southern California Keck School of Medicine, and remains active in academia by publishing, lecturing, and performing clinical research. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining Interview with the Surgeon. Today, we welcome Dr. Andrew Frankel, facial plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Doc, how are we doing today?
0: Great, Matthew.
1: Thank you. It's a real pleasure. Thank you you for being with us. So, let's just jump right into it. What were your goals and aspirations during your residency, and how have those changed throughout your fellowship?
0: I think like many residents, my main focus at that time was to learn my craft. Um, You fall into a comfort zone with respect to your future when you're in your training because you're taken care of by the institution where you're training. And so there's so much to learn and there's high stakes, of course, when you're taking care of patients, but that's where the focus was. And I think I always just assumed that along the way I would figure out my future. And when those decisions arose, I would deal with them at that time. So to be quite frank with you, I did not uh, give much thought when I was in my training exactly where I was gonna take my skills. Um, I think that uh, I'm in a unique perspective now because I'm a fellowship director. And for the past 13 years, I've been able to mentor uh, very um, qualified Young doctors, as they transition from their training into uh, the real world, whether that's an academic career or a private career. And um, when I watch them go through that process, I can think back to my own life and how unprepared I was really to move forward. So, to answer your question more specifically, I don't think I I really thought too much about my goals at that moment, uh, except getting through the next month each month at a time
1: so kind of taking us through that fellowship year what was your mentality heading into your first job search and how that perspective changed in the beginning years of your career
0: i'm from chicago and i was very uh grateful to be able to come out to los angeles and have a fellowship with a very well-known facial plastic surgeon named uh, frank kamer at the time i came out with the intent of returning to chicago and probably practicing general otolaryngology with facial plastic surgery emphasis and within the year i continued to just learn my craft and did not even give much thought even during my fellowship year to what i would do at the end of that year probably about six months into the fellowship with only six months remaining it dawned on me that I needed to start making some decisions about my future. And my initial play was to return to Chicago. So I reached out to some people uh, who I thought highly of. And sure enough, I was uh, given a couple of opportunities to join them in practice, as they were excited to have me return with my newfound skills um, and the cachet of having worked in Beverly Hills back to Chicago. So, I began uh, the process with them, uh, but all the while uh, wasn't 100% set on it. And what occurred was that the process of actually digging in the details with those job opportunities uh, revealed that there were some problems with them. And none of those were very much going to be in my favor. I was going to be exploited. So, uh, as the process went on, I started looking around uh, more holistically at my life and what I wanted. And ultimately um, an opportunity came up that I could stay where I was with my mentor in my practice in Beverly Hills and just begin from scratch. And um, I thought uh, I would take advantage of that. There were a few things that worked to my advantage. Uh, Number one, I wasn't married. Uh, I did not have any children. I didn't have any dependent family members I needed to take care of. And so I was very fortunate in that I could have the freedom and flexibility to take advantage of any opportunity that I wanted to. And that's precisely what I did. And it wound up being a very uh, worthwhile move for me and one in the long run that's worked out uh, tremendously.
1: Taking us through that career journey, did you ever consider going academic or were you private practice focused all the way?
0: Like many of the fellows who come to me uh, each year, I wanted to remain attached academically as well as to have a private practice. I have more of an entrepreneurial spirit and I also have a bit of an issue with uh, big bureaucracies and institutional rules and regulations. I'm really not a rule guy. and so, except how they apply it to everyone else in the world. Um, so I wanted a little bit of both, and I think it's very common when uh, young doctors coming out of their training to be uh, comfortable with an academic environment, because that's all they've known throughout their entire life. And that comfort level uh, is something that no one wants to completely unhitch from. Uh, I uh, maintained both coming out of my fellowship. During the fellowship itself, I became very um, involved at UCLA and at the West West Los Angeles VA Medical Center, where I was uh, teaching the residents facial plastic and reconstructive surgery. And so when I transitioned out of my fellowship into private practice, I maintained my tight relationship with UCLA and ended up... um, teaching there for 11 years at the uh, at the VA hospital. And uh, looking back on it, that is some of the most rewarding stuff I've done in my career. But I wouldn't have been happy being solely an academician and working in an institution like that. I needed to get out and do my own thing. And so I feel, again, very grateful that I was able to actually engage both parts of my desire in both private entrepreneurial things as well as an academic thing and to date, i've never really had to give that up i taught at usc uh for 10 years and i have had a fellowship for 13 years where i feel like i'm giving back and i'm staying connected to the academic world by having these incredibly bright um fellows every year who just came out of residency and they they certainly know much more about the current state of medical care than i do And that makes me feel more um, involved and more knowledgeable. If, If I were to have remained solely in private practice, then the problem would be that you become speciated like the Galapagos Island. Eventually, you're doing your thing every day in your private world and you disconnect from your colleagues and the hospitals where the changes and technological advancements are taking place. And before you know it, you're practicing medicine that's no longer current. And I think that's been the beauty of having the fellowship and uh, the academic attachments.
1: What would you say were some of the keys of your success that shaped your early career as you climbed to the top of your industry?
0: Well, I would say that for me, as I've already alluded to, uh, one of the keys was just being flexible, and independent enough that I could focus solely on my career. Uh, I would encourage people who are very passionate about their career to hold off on making big life decisions so that they can give of themselves to their career without restraints. I have known many, many talented uh, surgeons and very bright people who've ended up being stymied slightly in their own personal development because of some personal choices or constraints that occurred not to their fault. Um, I was just lucky not to have any of that happen to me. The other thing I would say, um, that was helpful is I stayed completely focused on my, uh, business and my career. Uh, every single day, weekend, holiday, day in and day out, I was thinking about and working toward building my business. I never, um, I tell my children that um, if you love what you do, you never feel like you're working, you know, and if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And that's how I felt about my practice. And that's the beauty of being a private practitioner. It is like your child. It's your passion and um, everything you're doing brings you a sense of joy and purpose. And therefore, it doesn't bother me to expend energy towards it because it's purely for my own uh, advancement and my own happiness. So uh, one thing I would say that was helpful to me was not having been tethered to other responsibilities. Uh, Another was to make connections uh, with bright people. I was also fortunate to grow up in a community where many of my friends ended up being extremely successful in their various fields in life. And when life hits you after your training, there are some very big decisions that need to be made right off the bat. And I went to the very most qualified people I could find in my life. Spent the money and made the due diligence happen to make the right decisions to set me up appropriately at the beginning. I have many friends who want to cut corners and not spend money right out of the bat because they don't have a lot of money and because they don 't see the value in using a better attorney or a better real estate broker and they end up shooting themselves in the toes by saving a few thousand dollars and and ultimately uh, Having poor contracts and making poor negotiations, and putting themselves at a disadvantage for future things, so that's something that also was very helpful to me.
1: Seeing that you've dealt with residents and fellows, what advice do you have for them when they're graduating and entering the professional job market for the first time?
0: So the first piece of advice I have for my fellows every year is that they should go to the the location, the city, the region where they want to live if they have a particular desire to live in a specific place they should not get there in a roundabout fashion they should go immediately and start building goodwill and building the reputation within that community if someone just wants to hang out in LA for a few years because it's fun and then ultimately wind up back in Cleveland what they're going to end up doing is building all this goodwill for four or five years in in LA and then when they leave they start out with nothing again in Cleveland. And that's uh, unfortunate because there's a lot of compounded value to staying in one place and developing your relationships, your connections and your goodwill with your patients. There's really nothing more valuable as a surgeon, as a physician than uh, happy patients and relationships for people that you take care of over the long run. And uh, each Worthwhile experience with a patient usually ends up bringing you more patients. And you want to build on that from the get go. Um, So that's the number one thing is to go where you want to live to begin with. Uh, Number two would be do not skimp on getting good legal advice and good advice from very respected people in their fields when you're making a decision. That could be an interior decorator with your office space, it could be a realtor for finding the proper place to open a practice. It could be advice from an attorney on negotiating a deal with your soon-to-be mentor or group. Um, Whatever it is, it's worth it to spend the extra money if you're with the right people. That advice is invaluable. The next thing is something I would tell them that I didn't really understand myself is that um, it gets extremely busy as a physician, surgeon, and you really want to put systems in place with your practice right off the bat that are thought out for the future so that when data begins being entered at the beginning, it's going to last you for 20, 30 years in its form. If you start loading photographs up just randomly to your computer, Uh, And before you know it, you have thousands of photographs in a nondescript, non-database. And later, you're going to have to spend all kinds of time and have all kinds of complications shifting a database over to a better format. The same goes for the software you use in your your computer system and your scheduling and how you want to brand yourself. Everything down to the stationary you use. It all should be thought out in the beginning with the idea that that's gonna take you forever through your practice. Of course, things are gonna change, but you just don't wanna jerry-rig the system and build it all fragilely at the beginning, because later you're gonna be stuck with a great headache trying to transition things to a a new and improved format. Um, Continue to learn your craft. Uh, It's extremely important that you do stay relevant and you stay up on the current uh, advances in your field. Uh, it's very easy to get stuck in your ways of doing things and what's comfortable. And if you don't expand and stay current, you'll find yourself quickly outdated. Not only is that important for treating patients and providing them the best possible results, but in the world we're currently in, marketing and having talking points is very important. And if you have nothing new to add and you're not up on the latest, greatest things, whether or not you're a proponent of them, you wanna have the ability to comment on them. If you don't have any knowledge about what's going on um, in the here and now, you're gonna look antiquated and irrelevant. And most importantly, your patients are your greatest assets. So it is important that you treat each patient with the utmost respect and uh, information and give them the greatest experience you can. You won't always uh, do well by them in terms of their outcomes. There will be complications. There will be slip ups from your office. But if you have an open relationship with your patients and they feel like you're doing all you can on their behalf, then they'll be advocates for you. And their advocacy is the most direct um, effect you can do on your business these are a group of people who already are within your system, who already know you, and they have voices, and they have friends, and they have colleagues and acquaintances that they can refer you to. And as the world moves forward with social media, there are so many avenues for people to find doctors that I believe ultimately it's going to go back to the good old-fashioned thing where a person asks their friend, You know, I really like your nose. Can you tell me who did that for you, or who do you who have you heard about is the best surgeon out there uh, for doing um, a facelift? And word of mouth, patient experience is always going to be the best form of marketing. So it's important that you don't just take a patient in and think of them as a statistic, but that you actually care for them and follow them through to fruition and render the best possible example of your work that you can. Um, As my mentor told me, if if you take care of, you know, 100 patients, 10 of them will look pretty good, and you'll get busy from those 10 patients. You're you're not going to hit home runs all the time, or even singles. So you do want to make the best uh, experience possible for each individual person.
1: You kind of touched on some aspects of of building a business and i think we can kind of touch on that a little bit more and explore what are some of the things let's say go on the call you know first years one two and three in a private practice what did you learn either through your mentor or learn through mistakes as you carried on throughout your career
0: well early in my career i was very interested in treating anyone who would come to see me for anything because i was hungry for money uh, to keep my business going, and very interested in having another patient um, that i could check off as being uh, taken care of by me unfortunately that meant i was taking patients in who were not necessarily uh, the greatest candidates or not necessarily the most exemplary people and in hindsight Uh, It would be best to avoid patients who are going to be potential problems. Avoid businessmen who might get you into a problem with a scheme. Uh, Being extremely cautious is what I would recommend to the young people starting out in terms of how they spend their their dollars and allocate uh, their business expense dollars Um, because there are Piranhas out there who want to take advantage of people. And I think it's well expected that young doctors and surgeons, in particular, with egos coming out of their training, uh, think much more of themselves uh, than they actually know and their targets. And so, one thing I learned after a few years was uh, to be careful in who I dealt with, and to be careful in who I operated on, and who I took in as a patient. You'll never regret the patient that you don't take care of, but you do regret some of the ones that you did take care of that end up going south. I still wrestle with this at this point in my career. Um, But it's certainly uh, more difficult to say no to someone when you're young and out of the box and you want to do, you want to take care of everyone and you want to people please. And I would um, advise the young uh, starting physicians and surgeons to be weary, to pay attention to the subtext when they're dealing with a person. And that goes from physical, uh, nonverbal cues to how they're treating your office staff to how they may berate prior doctors or other people in their life. Um, if you get the hair on the neck, or the back of your neck to stand up, you wanna avoid those things. And a young surgeon who has less goodwill established in a community can much less withstand having an unhappy patient who will go online and tear them apart. You know, I have years and years and thousands of happy customers and a reputation that's not necessarily going to be brought down or even damaged by one individual patient. But uh, one year into practice, you don't have as much. And so these experiences can really take you down.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Interview with the Surgeon. Until next time, stay focused and keep following your dreams.